Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, March 25th, and the episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, I know Allen Iverson wasn't big on practice, but today we are indeed talking about practice because the Bruins were back on the ice last night at Warrior Ice Arena after a full five-day shutdown with a total of five players having found their way on the COVID-19 protocol list last week in Buffalo. We'll get to... Who was present at practice last night and what it might mean for tonight's game against the Islanders. Before I do that, let me remind you once again to please subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use. Each new episode automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, very much appreciated. The podcast can be found on Twitter at LOBostonBruins, also on Instagram at LockedOnBruins. You can find me on both platforms with my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. So yes, last night the Bruins did gather for a rare evening practice. I believe it was their first evening practice since uh, the 2019 playoffs where they had a bit of a scrimmage between the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Brad Marchand was banged up a little bit in that one, which was a bit scary. But uh, here the Bruins were... 24 hours in advance of playing the New York Islanders with three of the five players who had been on the COVID list free to return to practice. That would be David Krejci, David Pasternak, and Craig Smith. Uh, Jake DeBrusque and Sean Corrali remained on the COVID-19 list and will likely not be available. Well, we already know that Corrali won't be available. Uh, We'll see about DeBrusque, but unlikely to be sure. There were some other players who were back at practice as well that had been injured in recent weeks. Brandon Carlo skated in a non-contact jersey, as did Jeremy Lozon. Uh, Jared Tenorti, Trent Frederick, and Zach Sinitian were full of participants in practice, as was Tuka Rask, which means that all of them are possible, at least, for tonight's game against the New York Islanders. Bruce Cassidy said he thought the group looked good, energized, Amount of time off, it's difficult to recover. Uh, So on Thursday here tonight against the Islanders, they're going to manage their shifts, try not to get stuck in those bad spots in their own end for extended periods of time, killing the penalties while they're out there two whole minutes, stuff like that. That can really empty the tank in a hurry, make it tough to recover, and that's what they're looking to avoid. After tonight, the Bruins are also going to be playing a weekend back-to-back set Saturday at home against the Buffalo Sabres at 1 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern against the Devils, who will also play at home on uh, Tuesday. So, you know, after tonight, the Islanders, a couple, not gimmies, but easier games, but the Bruins do want to make sure to be managing the players' workload with 28 games, exactly half of their regular season schedule uh, set for the next 45 days. 
Cassidy did say he's optimistic, glad to be back at work. They weren't sure Monday, Tuesday how it was all going to play out. And there was a little bit of unknown there for a few days. But the good news is they're back to work. Everyone's feeling good. Uh, As a team, they addressed it as a group. They're at the halfway point. Uh, Still a really solid hockey team in his estimation. Uh, Do some things very well. Some things they have to keep building into their game. And that would be, you know, of course, secondary scoring, which is the issue. Like I mentioned, Sean Corrali, Jake DeBrusque remain sidelined. Will not be available for Thursday's game. Sorry, earlier I said maybe DeBrusque if he had come off the list, but neither will be in the lineup. Uh, no one's happy that they have to be out of the lineup. They're missing time. They're isolated. But hopefully they can get back to it in due time. Now, Tuka Rask, I mentioned, he hasn't played since March 7th due to an undisclosed injury. He was a full participant And could be back between the pipes against the Islanders if he makes it through the morning skate without any adverse effects. Tuka felt good. Uh, Depending on how he wakes up this morning, he should be in there. But if not, then he will likely be 100% for Saturday and Halak would get the call tonight. Uh, I mentioned Brandon Carlo. He skated for the first time with the team since suffering an upper body injury on a high hit from Tom Wilson on March 5th. He was wearing a non-contact jersey. He'd have to have a couple practices with contact before he can be cleared. And uh, overall, it's a very good sign that he is back on the ice with a smile on his face. That was great. Jeremy Lozon as well. He needs to take some contact in order to get back to it. Unlikely for Thursday. But uh, Jared Tenorti, Zach Sinishin, Trent Frederick all seem likely to go for tonight. They all felt good. Uh, They've all been out with respective injuries. And, uh, you know, they'll again check this morning to see if they are up to playing tonight. Kevin Miller, Andre Kasha did not practice. uh, No sign yet as to when they might be able to play. Now, the Bruins will be at home. Like I mentioned, 12% of the TD Garden capacity will be filled by you fans. So about 2,000 people. Bergeron said he's definitely excited. Best news of the week is that they get to play tomorrow in front of fans. That was him talking yesterday, so tonight in front of fans. It's been a while. Uh, They've played a lot of road games, actually, as well, and they're looking forward to a good stretch of home games here. There will be uh, four to end out March, and then another three to begin April at home. So a good run of home games. Hopefully the Bruins can get some home comfort going there and uh, feel a bit more ease playing at home in a familiar atmosphere getting back to normal with fans hopefully that will spur them on to some uh, success scoring wise at the very least I should mention the practice lines which usually give us a good idea of what the lineup will look like we had the top line back together Pasternak off the COVID list reunited with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron second line Nick Ritchie with David Krejci and Craig Smith. Krejci and Smith removed from the COVID list as well. Third line, there was Anders Bjork with Charlie Coyle and Zach Sinishin rotating in with Carson Kuhlman. So if Sinishin's good to go, I would hope and like to see him in that spot. But if not, then Kuhlman could get the call. Then on the fourth line, you had Trent Frederick, uh, Greg McKegg, and Jack Stadnika rotating in and out in the absence of Sean Corrali with Chris Wagner back on the fourth line as well. Defensively, 
Grizzlick, McAvoy, Zboril with Clifton, Tenorti with Stephen Kampfer, uh, Lozon, and Carlo, non-contact jerseys with Jack Ashan skating as the very extra defenseman. Doesn't look like he'll be back in the lineup. Um, so all of a sudden, the Bruins are a bit weak on the right side, uh, whereas the left side was the um, bigger question mark heading into the season. But Clifton and Camphor haven't looked too, too out of place. Clifton especially has looked pretty good in recent games. Rask, Halak, Vladar was the hierarchy when it came to goaltending. And uh, so, yeah, we'll update it later on today as to the official lineup. But the good news is the Bruins back on the ice, practicing, and ready to play the New York Islanders here on Thursday night. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Baseball is right around the corner. They even have you covered for the Oscars and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered on all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up for a free account at betonline.ag today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar and right now Built Bar Madness is in full swing. You can bet on the best and tastiest protein bar that they have to offer. Today's matchup is mint brownie versus coconut puffs. We're nearing the final four. Cookies and cream has already advanced. Mint brownie, coconut puff will be taking on the winner of caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. So get over to builtbar.com, make your vote for the best tasting protein bar. While you're there, order a new box and you can get 15% off using promo code LOCKED15. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Usually Thursdays on the podcast, I update the uh, top five teams in the NHL in a segment I call All the President's Men. Haven't done that for a little bit now, so I thought it would be a good time now that our Bruins are back in action. Keep in mind, the Bruins currently have the fewest games played among all NHL teams with only 28. The Vancouver Canucks, on the other hand, 37. So uh, the Bruins will be playing the most games in the NHL from this point on through the remainder of the regular season. Where do they fit in? Well, we'll check that out in a moment. But right now, number five, I am putting the New York Islanders. They lead the East Division with 46 points, a record of 21-8-4. They have a plus 25 goal differential. And, you know, I've been saying a lot on this podcast in the past that I had thought their success was kind of uh, smoke and mirrors. Their underlying numbers weren't very impressive uh, in terms of shot attempt differentials and expected goals, but they are a very solid hockey team at all ends of the ice. And in fact, they have only allowed 
73 goals, which ranks them fourth among all NHL teams. 73. Our Bruins at uh, 66. Again, they've only played 28 games, uh, but still, when you look at goals allowed per game, the Islanders rank uh, first by allowing only uh, 2.18 goals per game, which is very impressive. And their uh, offense isn't, you know, otherworldly, but they're still doing enough to uh, put up that very impressive plus 25 goal differential. And uh, I really think they are legit and probably the favorite to come out of the East as we speak. I'm going to put the Colorado Avalanche in fourth. They have a record of 28-3 and with a plus 35 goal differential. Goaltender Philip Grubauer has been on fuego lately. I actually traded him in a, a keeper fantasy league. That's a salary cap league, so keep in mind he will be a UFA at season's end. Will be in line for a mega contract if he keeps this up. I traded him for Jesse Pugliarvi, who I think is on the rise and is a bit more manageable cap-wise if anybody cares. Anyways, I had picked Colorado to come out of the West to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm still sticking by that. They have uh, a dynamic offense. Their defense is very good as well, led by some very talented young players, Kale McCarr, uh, Samuel Girard. And again, the goaltending has been amazing for them. 7-1-2 over their last 10 games, putting them in fourth. In third, I'm going to put the Carolina Hurricanes. They have a record of 21-7-3, 7.26-point percentage, plus 26 goal differential. They certainly look like a force in the, whatever it's called, central division. Now, of course, the Hurricanes appeared to be a team on the rise last season. Our Boston Bruins took care of them in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Peter Mrazek has been out of the lineup for them for quite some time, but they're getting... Solid goaltending from their number two and three options. Their defense, as good, mobile, solid as any in the league. And they have some bright young stars. There's talk that they could add Eric Stahl, bring him back, uh, reunite him with you know, the team he captained to a Stanley Cup back coming out of the lockout in 2005-2006. And also reuniting him with uh, his brother and now captain, Jordan, who's having a very impressive season. So... Uh, Hurricanes, I'm putting in third. Second place, the Vegas Golden Knights. They have a record of 22-7-1, a plus 33 goal differential, which is third only behind Colorado and the number one team. Uh, Vegas, they're missing Max Pacioretty at the moment, so that's, uh, you know, hindering their offense a little bit, but, but not really. They remain a very talented team, as they have since they burst into the NHL a few years ago, uh, Mark andre Fleury, Robin Leonard, as good of a goaltending tandem as there is in the NHL. And, uh, yeah, they and Colorado, if they meet in the playoffs, that will be a pretty wicked series to see who comes out of the West Division. Number one, defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a record of 24-6-2. The only team with 50 points right now in the NHL. 781 point percentage and a league-leading plus 43 goal differential. And this is all without Nikita Kucherov, who is out after undergoing hip surgery, but is expected to be back for the playoffs. So right now, Tampa Bay Lightning, without question, the favorites to repeat. Although we all know 
a dominant regular season doesn't always translate to playoff success, but getting a guy like Kucherov back certainly will be uh, a boon for their chances. The Bruins right now, they rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th in point percentage in the NHL, 643, a record of 16, 8, and 4, uh, and a plus 11 goal differential. So, you know, they're looking okay, but there certainly is some uh, work to be done. And again, Bruce Cassidy looked optimistic or sounded optimistic coming into uh, the second half of the season here, and we'll see if he can get the troops going beginning tonight against the New York Islanders. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto and body parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow Locked On fantasy hockey on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL as we do here on the podcast. I talked yesterday about the Tim Peel situation. Tim Peel will no longer be working games after he was caught on a hot mic stating his desire to call a penalty against the Nashville Predators during Tuesday's game against the Detroit Red Wings. Now, important to note, he wasn't fired per se, but simply relieved of his duties. He was expected to retire on after a game on April 24th. The incident has raised concerns from some Predators players, from observers of the game, how hockey games are managed by on-ice officials. I think we all are savvy enough to know that this does indeed happen. There are makeup calls along the way, and um, referees can call something that's kind of borderline just to make sure the penalties are kind of even. Some see it as an opportunity for the league to address this issue, but there's no guarantee we'll see any significant change. And looks like they're going to dismiss it as a one-off and kind of move on. But, you know, it's kind of a league-mandated thing unofficially that uh, that this happens. Those poor Buffalo Sabres are making headlines this morning after dropping their 15th straight decision. It's the first time a team has gone winless in 15 games in the shootout era. It's also a franchise record for the woeful, woeful Sabres. Uh, you kind of just wish that they could <laughs> pull the plug and, and call it for the season, but they still have many games to go. Uh, and we'll see here in the coming days who is uh, mercifully traded off of that roster prior to the April 12th deadline. Speaking of the deadline, 
TSN's Pierre Lebrun is reporting the Nashville Predators are looking for three assets in return for Matthias Ekholm, including a first-round pick, which the Bruins have, uh, and a top or elite prospect, which can be argued the Bruins don't have in their pipeline. That might take them out of the running. I would be really surprised if the Bruins do land Matthias Ekholm. There's a lot of teams on the prowl with uh, better packages that they could offer and uh i'd be surprised again if if uh, sweeney a ponied up for that and b um you know convinced the predators that his trade package is better than what another team might be able to offer with that said there are some other options on the list that could make more sense that would come cheaper uh, defenseman Alex Goligoski, for example, he rose to number eight on TSN's trade list. And Darren Drager reported Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong could look at making changes at the deadline or in the offseason. Connor Garland has been mentioned as a possible trade target for the Bruins. Could they try to reel in both Goligoski and Garland in a single swoop? Uh, you know, they made a couple of trades last year with the Anaheim Ducks, so it could be that kind of situation. Um, so we'll see if the Bruins kind of measure things and maybe try to swing a deal that's a bit further under the radar but could still have an impact on the team. Other players that could be of interest, David Savard, number two on the TSN trade bait list, Nick Foligno at number six, Kyle Palmieri remains at number 10. Uh, he, of course, as mentioned quite often is a guy that the Bruins always seem to be tied to. A couple other East Division notes that are relevant for our Boston Bruins. The Flyers are going to be aggressive ahead of the trade deadline, apparently. They have had a very disappointed season, disappointing season. Uh, they could be a team that's in on Matthias Ekholm, trying to make a last-ditch push for a playoff spot. They're 4-8-1 in their last 13 games and are behind our Boston Bruins in the standings, despite the fact Boston has several games in hand. They've played 31 games. The Flyers have uh, 34 points, minus 14 goal differential. Bruins, 28 games, 36 points. Uh, so hey, they have plenty of time to make up ground and really put some space between them and the Flyers in the playoff race. Uh Alex Ovechkin, I mentioned yesterday, was banged up a little bit. He returned to practice and could play tonight against the Devils. If uh, he were to avoid injury, that would be huge for the Capitals, who with the Islanders are the class of the East at the moment. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I should mention as well, Warrior Ice Arena, they're getting ready to host the Isabel Cup semis and final on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Toronto, Boston, 5 p.m. Friday night. Minnesota, Connecticut, 8 p.m. Friday night. And then the Isabel Cup final set for 7 p.m. We'll preview all that tomorrow with Mayor Zilberberg, who will be jumping on for this week in hockey with Mayor uh, yeah, that's it for today's episode. I'm very excited to get back to watching some Bruins hockey here tonight. Been a long stretch without them. It's going to be a busy stretch here uh, as they fit all these games in before the end of the regular season. Uh, and hopefully they can 
you know, use that compressed schedule to kind of build some momentum and, and get things going. I, I'm really excited to see what this team can do uh, in these final 28 games of the regular season. If you want to follow along tonight, you can do so at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter or at ENC McLaren. I usually uh, tweet mostly from my own account and retweet from the Locked On Bruins account. So do follow both just to make sure you're covered. Hope you're all doing well. Having a great Thursday, enjoying this nice fine weather that we're having here in late March. And we'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's game as well as uh, look back at this week in hockey with Mayor. Take care, friends. Have a good one.